0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven 5 and twelve eighty. The Zone. Time now to talk a little NBA with Kyle Goon, covers the Los Angeles Lakers for the Southern California News Group. Used to write for the Salt Lake Tribune, right here, and now he's falling around the purple and gold. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Kyle, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. We're doing well. We have a lot of questions for you. You know these are you and you know how it is living in Utah because you did it for a few years. And you know that uh, everybody's got one eye on L.A. Everyone's got one eye on the Lakers. And there are multiple storylines. One is that the uh, Lakers are a bumbling bunch of goofballs who missed the playoffs six years in a row and just can't get out of their own way. The tradition is gone. It is wrecked. It turns out Jeannie Buss is no better than her brother. And Magic quitting in the hallway without even telling her followed by the coaching search just screams this but then you got this over here where they pulled up a trade for AD and they got LeBron It's the Lakers you just can't bring down the purple and gold the brand is too strong you see it up close yeah. when you hear those takes and you've heard them thousands of times what do you think
1: um i mean the the, the truth lies somewhere in between right i mean i, I mean it's either you know Rob Blinka is is a genius or uh is falling up and um you know the the, the Lakers are either a circus or you know no one no one believing in them and and they they've got LeBron and AD and and they're they're the favorites you know it, it's everyone leans into an extreme right so i i would say that um, obviously there have been very crazy times on the Lakers beat so far uh this year uh, i've probably gotten to some things that i never expected uh, magic's resignation <laughs> being being maybe number 1 on that list um but uh yeah i mean it, it's somewhere in between and 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 uh i i think uh a lot of what this summer is going to be judged on is is going to be what happens next summer i mean it's it's all about uh, competing for titles or not and then you know next year it's going to be about re-signing Anthony Davis or not um so I, I think it's I think still remains to be seen um how, how we got to judge what's been going on this off season. obviously there's been some very dysfunctional bits that I, I don't think you can um brush over that part but um yeah I, I think it's gonna be really interesting to see what this team is.
2: So we hear a lot of different things, obviously, about their roster as they try to flush it out. And one of the things, the stories that came out is that LeBron is going to be their starting point guard. And I always thought in the last 10 years or so, the debate of who's the best starting point guard in the league, best point guard in the league, as I always said, you take whoever you want. I'm taking LeBron James. But now that he's getting up there in age, that's a taxing position to be playing. How do you think that's going to work out?
1: Um, honestly, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, and I've been trying to, uh, get a feel for that for the last day. Um, and and I think, you know, because, uh, the Lakers have a new coach, uh, and, and it's not hundred percent sure how, um, you know, Frank Vogel is going to attack that, um, you know, I'm I'm not very sure how they plan to do that because the thing that comes to mind is. Um, you know, obviously on offense, LeBron has been a point guard on basically every team he's ever been on, uh, and has you know had the ball in his hands and, and sets the offense. and I, I don't think, obviously, when you look at the roster and and when you look at the point guards that they have, I don't I don't think there was any real threat to change that. Um, but when you look at the guards in the West, um, if if the Lakers are playing, you know, Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell, or I don't know, Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how does guarding those guys work? Is LeBron really going to have to pick up one of them? I, I don't think that happens. Uh, I think it's a clear answer that that's not going to happen. But that that third, uh, that, that not three position, are you going to bring Kyle Kuzma, um, who's six foot nine? Are you going to? Make him sit on the guard, or are you gonna put in Avery Bradley or or Kentavious Caldwell Pope and make him sit on it, on one of those guards? So I don't really think that actually clears up. I think the the more the the the, the clearest thing that uh that comes out of that is that Rajon Rondo is not going to start. But beyond that, um, the those other three starters, uh, well, AD is obviously going to start. But I think. Between Boogie Cousins, Kyle Kuzma, um, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, and and Avery Bradley, um, there's going to be a little flex in those other two starters.
0: Kyle Goon joining us, former writer for the Salt Lake Tribune, now writing for the Southern California News Group. He's the beat writer covering the Lakers. So you bring up an interesting point there when you mentioned next summer it's going to be about re-signing AD. Uh, what is the sense? Is he coming into LA mostly committed, and they just have to not mess it up? Is there the thought that he's a generation younger than LeBron, and he's kind of a hired hand, and LeBron can be hard on the rest of his teammates, and it's fifty-fifty, and AD just might bolt? Uh, what's the What's the starting point in the battle to resign AD?
1: Um, well, I mean, I think the the popular notion and, and everything that you've seen suggests that. Um, you know, AD wants to be in LA and and wants to be a Laker. Uh, and there is sort of an understanding um, that, you know, LeBron is in, in the latter part of his career and isn't going to be the, the a one star forever. So um, it's an opportunity for Anthony Davis to, to let himself shine for arguably the base franchise in the NBA. That being said, um, I think perhaps that, that, the the risk that the Lakers are taking is being brushed over. I mean, what you really have right now is, is one year of AD under contract. And Rich Paul has said before that he's going uh, to, to be a free agent. It's, he's not, um, you know, trying to, to re-extend before he hits the market. So he's going to be a free agent on July one. They will have to keep him. I mean, that's just a technical fact. And, you never know what happens in a year. I mean, we're living in a league where Paul George signed an extension a year ago and had a party uh, with Russell Westbrook on stage. Said, I'm coming back and now he's gone and we're living in a league where, you know, in October Kyrie Irving said, uh, I'm, I'm going to re-sign with Boston. and Now he's in Brooklyn. So, I mean, there's no, there's nothing bolting AD to the floor in, in Staples center. Um, and, He's he's 26 years old, and the fact is minds can change and th- unexpected things can happen. So I, th- I think the risk sometimes is understated um, about Anthony Davis staying. And then when you look at what the Lakers gave up in that trade, th- there's just no option. They have to keep him.
2: What was the reaction when Leonard made his decision to go with the Clippers?
1: Uh... <laughs> Well uh what was yours? <laughs> there was there was an earthquake in Southern California earlier in the day. I yes. don't want it, you to to you guys remember that. Um I I mean, obviously I think it, it was it was stunning, first of all. And then the second, I, I think it just Lakers fans are not used to being shown up like that by the Clippers. I mean, that's never happened. The Clippers have never signed anyone big and Even when you look back on the Lob City era, I mean, Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan were drafted by the Clippers, and Chris Paul, um, you know, had had the the trade that fell through with the Lakers before he went to the Clippers. So, um, you know, they're just not used to ever being shown up by that, by little brother. I mean, there's such a dynamic there that the Clippers are the NBA franchise that constantly gets kicked in the teeth, but... I think it's just uh, it, it's hard for Southern California to kind of accept this reality that you know they're very competently run and Steve Ballmer has changed a lot about how that organization operates and and the level of professionalism they display. I mean Donald Sterling was uh, a, a terrible owner in so many respects. He, he, Steve Ballmer has just changed so much of the culture there. I mean they have confident leaders: Doc Rivers, Jerry West, Lawrence Frank, and. And people want to go there.
0: Kyle Goon joining us, former Salt Lake Tribune writer, now the Laker beat writer for the Southern California News Group. So, in an honest moment, how many pieces of the puzzle are the Lakers away from being a championship team?
2: What do you uh, think? What do you think well, they think?
1: Uh, I think they they thought that uh, <laughs> they were a Kawhi away from winning <laughs> the championship. Uh, I think that certainly would have covered a lot of what's going on with them. I I mean their their problem if you look at their roster is just no true wings. Um and l- honestly like LeBron is the closest thing to to what they have to a wing. Um and, and you you've got a lot of big man depth and maybe too much big man depth with with uh, Boogie Cousins and and JaVale McGee behind AD or, you know, some mix of those guys all in the front court. Then you have a ton of these, these little guards, um, are between six, four and six, two, um, which is fine, but it's just, you're kind of sort of, as I alluded to earlier, it's a very weird mix of, they're either going to be really big or, or they're going to be a little smaller. Um, and, um, it's just, Having a wing, um, you know, when you look at everybody who joined the Clippers, <laughs> you know, six foot seven, six foot eight, uh, between Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, um, when you're going against wings like that, it's going to be really hard to defend them. Some of the most elite players in the NBA. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's going to be a real problem for them. I think that's why there's a fan outcry for Andre Iguodala, who. You know, probably isn't going to end up with the Lakers, um, based on all the situations going on, um, and uh, th- th- that's a big hole. So you have to be able to find a way to to win, um, either with that smaller lineup with AD playing center and and Kyle Kuzma have taken a big leap, um, and LeBron succeeding as a point guard, or. You have to hope that maybe Demarcus Cousins becomes an all star again and, and that's your way forward and and that's how this gets done. I mean, Demarcus Cousins was was sixteen and eight last season during the regular season, but you know, at times during the playoffs you couldn't play on the floor. So what is he after that Achilles injury? Um you're kind of buying a little low on him and hoping that he turns out to be something. But it's it's not quite a modern day formula of small ball switchability, when you look at what the Clippers have and, and their lineup, that's kind of what they're going to be next year, and the Lakers are going to be something else.
2: So you had the unique perspective of where work, you worked here in town of covering Kuzma when he played at the U, and now you're back covering him again at uh, the, the pro level, and we've seen him, you know, particularly relative to where he was drafted late in the first round, blossom. And I'm wondering how he'll mix in now with two superstars, be able to fit in. Do you see his game continuing to evolve, or would it be like maybe a, a little bit of a Chris Bosh type of thing where his development is stunted because of the other guys?
1: Um, I don't know. Stunted? I mean, I certainly think his minutes are going to be a little weird. Uh, but uh, honestly, uh, I don't know how this could be, you know, more challenging Last year was for Kyle. In, in some ways, um, I mean, I think in in your second year to kind of be hit with that threat of being traded. I mean, at this point, the Lakers have to be invested in this future, um, and and they they have they're going to have so much uh, so so little young talent coming in, uh, and, and Kyle being twenty four, um, you know, that's somebody you got to invest in and. and and who's going to be on a smaller deal for a longer time, um, and, and has the potential to develop? I mean, if you look at that roster; it's it's a pretty it's it's generally an older roster, um, and guys who are veterans and guys who've done it before. Um, so I, I think Kyle will have a role. Um, I think he's going to have to shoot the three better. I think he's going to have to defend better. Um, honestly, I think their best lineups are, depending on how good Boogie Cousins is, I think their best lineup is going to be an AD at the 5 and Kyle at the 4 lineup, which is a little smaller and a little bit more offensively uh, geared. So I I think he's going to have to be more of a spacer and a defender than he was last year, but that's just part of growing up. I think the biggest challenge for him was, hey, uh, i I got to prove I can play with LeBron and, and show my value and not get traded. And frankly, he did that.
0: He didn't just play with LeBron. In one of the most stunning moments of the season, he shoved Le- LeBron with borderline disdain into the right defensive rotation, which is so Kyle. It's classic. He just just had no – when he was at the U, he just had no patience for any BS, gave the most direct politically incorrect answers. He didn't care. We thought USC would quit, and they did. That was still one of his best ones. Uh, So how does he get along with LeBron when he's the kind of guy who must have grown up admiring him and, you know, he's the hero on TV of every game, and yet he thinks LeBron's not giving an effort, not paying attention on defense, and he just shoves him across the floor in the right direction? How how does that work?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that specific moment was – I'm not sure it was reflective of any deeper narrative. I mean, I think it was – just a moment I, I think it is probably a little bit from the gut um this we got to do this right now um and i yeah i i it's interesting because um you know very, different people have different perspectives on what that moment was i, I, I think obviously you know it, it got seen and i'm sure got uh, got it got felt in the locker room afterward i'm, I'm sure but I don't think it was any sort of deeper meaning of, of Kyle trying to show up LeBron in in a big way. I think it was just sort of in the moment. This is happening. We gotta we gotta guard so and so. And yeah, that is pretty dramatic. But I think um, you know when you look throughout um, LeBron's career, I, I think he he finds some respect for people who can find strength. Um, not to, you know, just feud with him, but to stand up to him and, and be kind of their own person. And even now, I mean, even with Kyrie Irving and those those two kind of squashing the beef now that they don't play on the same team, um, I think you kind of see that Kyrie Irving has some respect for how LeBron went around, around things and, and how he operated and is like, oh, okay, I, I, I now get it. Um, so I, I think there is something to Kyle having sort of the, the personality personality enough to, to operate without, you know, fear and intimidation. Um and, and being able to say, hey, um you know, I'm an NBA player. I, I I expect big things for myself and um, you know, I'm here too. And I think there is something to that drawing respect from LeBron. I'm not gonna say that specific play is is what makes or breaks it, but I think in general there is some respect between those two that Kyle has had to work hard to earn. Well, Kyle, if you
0: had to pick one team right now and say this team's going to the NBA Finals, who is it?
1: Oh, that's tough. That's that's honestly really tough. Um. I think maybe Philadelphia. Um, I, I think maybe Philadelphia would be my if, if overall odds this team is going to the finals. Um, I think it's pretty even though um, um, throughout throughout the league. I mean, it's. I think between Philadelphia and Milwaukee, probably one of those two are going. Um, can't rule out Boston. Um, and maybe maybe Brooklyn with Kyrie is is good for all I know. So, um, you know, it's it's just it's a it's a weird situation. And obviously, the West is so stacked i i don't have <laughs> I don't have a high comfort level picking any of the teams in the West because um, you know there's so many good ones. And I, I think between the Lakers, Clippers, and, and Jazz, maybe. One of those threesome is is in, uh, but you can't count the Rockets, obviously, because the Rockets have the most continuity from last year, and they've always been the Warriors' biggest threat. So, and and literally, I talked to Daryl Morey this offseason. Says, "Hey, why is everyone not talking about us? We should be the favorites. Uh, we're bringing back our starting five, which you know so far is mostly true." Um, so, I, I I don't know. I mean, it's the West is going to be crazier than ever, and even more talent came out West. And, and even as someone was making the point last night, uh, even more draft assets came out West. So they're going to be good for a long time. It's, it's never-ending imbalance right now, it seems like, that the West is so much stronger than the East. And uh, I'm not sure when that's going to end based on how things went this summer.
0: Kyle, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me, guys.